0: Right here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. We're talking Bears football with you at 312-332-3776. Justin Fields back at practice today. He was a full participant. He'll be ready to play on Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. There is a piece of news that is somewhat concerning, though, from the injury report today at Bears practice. Chase Claypool, knee injury, did not practice again for the second straight day following a bye week. So Chase Claypool has not practiced yet this week. And that's kind of where we started last night here Mm -hmm. on the show is talking about the connection between Justin Fields and Chase Claypool. And and looking at this idea that this is the most important, if not the the thing that we're all looking forward to in the final four games of the season. To see if these two can create some kind of chemistry before we get to the offseason. Because obviously Justin Fields needs more weapons, but also... What you gave up to get Claypool, you're going to need production from him in the future. And and this is interesting that now two days back to back knee injury, uh, Claypool is not practice. This does not look good for this weekend.
1: Well, it's obviously better than like the Alex Leatherwood situation or the Velas Jones situation. Like this is an injury, and we saw him two weeks ago against the Packers go out of the game for a little bit with the injury. He eventually came back, but that injury did not look good when it happened, and it's concerning that in two weeks time with time to heal he's still not practicing and it's hard to kind of work your way back from a thursday did not practice right like it's tough to work your way back and try to get into the mix of practicing and then like if like it, it's weird it'd be weird if he was just like oh yeah full participant in friday because Tomorrow. tomorrow's yeah. not a real practice right Tomorrow's Boxer. is a bit of a walkthrough. So you're not putting pads on, you're not doing any hitting, you're just kind of walking through, running through the first few plays of the game, the first fifteen or whatever that's scripted, and then that's kind of it. And then you they don't have to get on a plane anywhere, but normally you'd get on the plane and travel to wherever you're going and so on and so forth. The difference here is they're at home and they don't have to do that. But it'd be I would be surprised if he plays. Because you if he went from limits from did not practice Wednesday to limited today to like, and now he's doubtful or questionable. And then on Friday you go from doubtful to questionable and then probable or whatever, then fine, he's going to play. But this is a problem because one, you want to see the chemistry. You want to see them build that rapport that he, that uh, fields has with Mooney. And you want to see him have that with another wide receiver. But now you're down your two best wide receivers. Who's your best wide receiver out there? Who is your best? I'll rephrase that. Who's your best weapon out there? It's
0: Cole Komet. Yes, 100%.
1: It's not then, a wide
0: receiver. It's your tight end. Also, on the injury report today, David Montgomery didn't practice. Uh, so Montgomery listed as an illness today. So you assume that just an illness today, he should be fine by Sunday. We'll see. But you're right. The, the best weapon for Justin Fields right now, it's Cole Komet.
1: Mm-hmm. Hands down. And that's, Absolutely. I mean, look, it's not a problem that you want him to develop chemistry with Cole Komet. I feel like Cole Komet is coming to his own this season. He's, he's proven himself as a go-to target for Justin Fields, which was what we wanted. I don't need him to be George Kittle this year. I don't need him to be a top level tight end. I would love, I would love that eventually, but it seems like now just being a go-to weapon for Justin Fields when you need tough yards. He's been a guy that can find his way to resolve that stickiness that he, that, you know, Waddle has talked about before that he can't You know, separate himself from the guy defending him. Now he's been able to create some separation and be a go to target. So that's good to see. But that, like, what? You've got Equiminius St. Brown out there. You've got Nikhil Harry out there. You've got hopefully Valus Jones gets into the mix. You got nothing to lose now at this point. Get him out there. Have him run some routes. What else is there to do? You hope. I mean, without Chase Claypool out there, it's a. it, It puts the. To me, it puts the the competitiveness of the game in jeopardy. You're missing your top two wide receivers. Like, you're missing your top two weapons into this game. And the Bears, when Justin Fields has been playing as of late since the Patriots game, has been an over machine. Like, the, the, the Bears have been because their defense is awful and their offense has been coming together well. And I don't think, like, here's the thing. The Eagles are going to know how to stop Justin Fields as a runner because they face Justin Fields every day in practice. Right. Because they face Jalen Hurts every day in practice. So they're going to have an answer for Justin Fields. They know how to contain that, and that's going to be their answer. So – If Justin Fields has to sit there in the pocket and wait for Equimidia, St. Brown, and Akil Harry to get open, it's going to be a long day. Yeah, and and that's uh, as we look
0: at the Bears and the Eagles, uh, as uh, we kind of head towards week 15 here tonight, the game uh, 49ers Seahawks. We'll talk about that in just a second, but that's where this game, where you have the best team in the NFL coming to town Philadelphia. They know how to stop a running quarterback. They also face them within their division, right? Uh, Going against Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, and a team that runs the football really well. So like that's where the Bears the best thing that they do is run the football mainly with the quarterback but also with a two-headed monster in Montgomery and Herbert Herbert's been injured Montgomery didn't practice today and Justin Fields at this point this season I was looking at the game last week against Packers, saying six carries perfect I like that Mm -hmm. stop with the 15 to 20 carries from your quarterback six is fine stand back there and throw the football if you escape and you can get out on the edge and break something off on, with your legs, perfect. I have no problem with a quarterback in a designed pass play scrambling and gaining yardage. There's there's no problem with that. It's the concerted effort where they were only running the football with Fields as the leader in this offense where you'd say eventually he's going to get hurt, and he did. And that's why six carries, it's fine, but the, the Eagles are going to be ready
1: for that and ready for that defensively. And they're a great defense heading into this game. Dude, you could see 20 to 25, 20 to 25. And that's not designed. That's because you're waiting for what we consider the best team in the NFL that has the number seven defense in the NFL, according to DVOA, drink, that they're going, that you're going to have Nikhil Harry and Equiminius St. Brown be able to create separation and run down the sidelines. Like that's, those are your guys. No. That pocket is going to collapse so fast, and he is going to be running for his life out there because you don't have a guy like Chase Claypool. And I'd be probably saying the same thing. If Chase Claypool was in there, it might not just be as bad because now you have a guy who can stretch the field a little more. It'd be different if Mooney was in there too. But to not have your top two wide receivers out there this is going to be a problem. And so we have the Bears and the
0: Eagles on Sunday. Tonight, 49ers and Seahawks. The Eagles are the best team in the NFC. I would say the Cowboys are probably the second best team in the NFC. And third would be the San Francisco 49ers. Minnesota's record is better than the 49ers. But I don't believe that the Vikings are as good of a football team that the 49ers are. I Mm -hmm. I think the the Niners are better defensively. They're also better at running the football. I I think that that's the team. Brock Purdy tonight, questionable. He should play tonight against the Seahawks. Uh, But when you look at the top of the conference, Eagles, Cowboys, 49ers, that's basically it. And if you look at the long-term future of the conference, it's not like there's a bunch of teams with young quarterbacks that are budding superstars. It's like it's really Philadelphia, kind of the Cowboys, Mm -hmm. And then what? Like, the 49ers at the moment, they don't really have that quarterback of the future. They have Trey Lance, but he was injured. We don't know the the outcome on him at the moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Minnesota, no. Detroit, no. Green Bay, no. They've got an all-time quarterback, but that team continues to take steps backwards. So when you look at the rest of the conference tonight, interesting
1: matchup, 49ers and Seahawks in Seattle. What's interesting about the 49ers is when the Bears played them before this season, you were out and I talked to Dieter Kurtenbach, one of our friends here at the station who is out in the Bay Area and covers the 49ers. He was a former intern here at ESPN 1000. And we talked about uh, Kyle Shanahan and his offense, and he's said to me, and I believe he said to you in the past when we've talked about the 49ers in the playoffs and whatnot, that Kyle Shanahan has never selected his own quarterback. and like even even with with Trey Lance, that is not a Kyle Shanahan. that was not a Kyle Shanahan pick. Did he have input on it? Sure. but he's never had his true guy that he wants that he's like a hundred percent behind. And whether that becomes Trey Lance in the future, like they just don't have but the system works so well, that you can just kind of put anybody back there so far. Now, Brock Purdy has, was great in that first game, but we've seen it with these backups that eventually they turn back into pumpkins, right? <laughs> like, eventually you're like, all right, it happened to the Cowboys earlier this year. Like, nobody wants to see Trevor Simeon out there for the Bears. We saw what happens when that, what's out there. Like, the Bears were a top 10 offense when Fields is out there from the Patriots game on, except for that game he wasn't out there, because Trevor Simi can't do anything. Like, backups are great. Like, you want to have a good backup. Even the Steelers. Even the best backup in the world. Oh, no. The best Hold backup got, in got, all <laughs> of the NFL. I have the story here for you. Hold Mitchell on. Mitchell Joseph Trubisky. Go ahead. I don't know if his middle name is Joseph. I don't know what his middle name is there as a backup. He threw three interceptions. Um, Did you see the news today? Oh, I saw the news. Headline Steelers wide receiver
0: Devontae Johnson supports Mason Rudolph to start. Uh. Think about this, Trubisky Uh. truthers. Your guy is so bad that players on the current Steelers roster are openly suggesting that the third string quarterback should start over Mitchell Trubisky, yeah. I, I'm going to leave this story
1: right where you're sitting tonight. Okay. We're we'll going to leave, leave this story yep. right there for. Him. We'll leave it. Oh, he'll get so mad. He's M- going to call some grievances. Mitchell David Trubisky. David, okay, thank you, thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Charlie. Charlie, appreciate it. So, Mitch, even Mitchell Do you think, can David Trubisky, we, can we leave this story there yeah, because the yeah, here, the, the, the wide
0: receivers for the Steelers are asking for the third string quarterback. Hmm. To I'm going to leave it under the
1: keyboard right now because okay. I need the keyboard, but I will put it on right, top leave, of the leave keyboard. Leave it in that seat where when you're I sitting. Um. my point is that yeah but but the 49ers seem to have it set up better than anybody else right the 49ers seem to have this system in place where they run the heck out of the football their defense is great they have another number two defense in the nfl and they just keep it doesn't matter shanahan just has it rolling and he figures it out and they're always they always even when their quarterback gets hurt jimmy garoppolo is a great backup that's awesome he's in there and now you've got brock purdy in there like they're they're fine I, I kind of lean this, to the Seahawks this tonight against this team just to cover, not necessarily win the game, but three and a half is a good number uh, for them because Geno Smith has been playing really well and the the the, the, uh, the Seahawks have been playing really well. I also Pete feel Carroll. like you
0: get you get backup magic at home. Yeah, I, it's a lot tougher to go on the road in the division and expect the backup to then have the same success, even though the team is a yeah. better team. Absolutely. If we said like even playing field, both teams. The Niners are the better team in this matchup. Tommy, on ninety four, you're on ESPN one thousand. What's up, Tommy?
2: Hey, how you doing, guys? What's up, man? Uh, after hearing your talk about Justin Fields, I needed some help with fantasy football.
0: Fantasy football, okay. All right,
2: I got. I have either Geno Smith that I can choose to start tonight, or it's Justin Fields, hmm. and I really am not sure of the right choice.
0: What would Meller do? That's what I would do. What, what would, would Jeff Meller do?
1: I would, I'll just tell you that uh, just looking at the stats, right, I would tell you yeah. that the better the 49ers have the better defense. However, the Seahawks have the better weapons. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, and I, got, I was originally going Justin Fields, but now hearing Chase Clay pulls out. And well, he's not officially out. out. He's he, not officially out. He, he, he just hasn't just, practiced he, the last
0: two he days. He did
1: not practice this week, uh, today, or yesterday.
2: That doesn't mean he's going to do well. <laughs> he hasn't done well with this since he started. So yeah, I, I
1: mean, think I, I think you
0: only, you only start fields if you expect him to get another, like, 50-yard touchdown run, right? Yeah, uh, Yeah. Geno yeah. Smith is probably uh, the better play.
1: Yeah, and then he also has wide receivers with him to back him up. So. Yeah. So on the ESPN rankings, uh, Tommy, the uh, the experts have rated Justin Fields as the fifth best option Ooh. this week. I, I don't know if this is factoring in the Chase Claypool News. I doubt it is because these rankings don't usually change between now and, and Sunday. And Geno Smith is 12th. Okay, so the, the stats would say go with Justin Fields. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Thanks, Tommy. Okay. Thanks for the phone All call. Much. Thank you, guys. Listen to Meller on uh, su- Sunday morning, 8 a.m. He has your fantasy calls here mm-hmm. on ESPN 1000. All right, Abdallah, uh, coming up next, oh, no. we're going to play a little shot or no shot, shot here no on no Black and Abdallah. Uh, the question on the table is, did Cap and Jay Hood lift One of our segments from last night. We'll discuss. You're listening to Black and Abdallah.
2: ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. This is Chicago's home for sports.
3: Black and Abdallah. ESPN 1000. And now on Digital FM at 100.3 HD2.
0: Night six eight right here on ESPN one thousand the ESPN Chicago app. So if you missed the show last night, you weren't with us for the entire show. Uh, around what was it? Around seven fifty last yeah. night, towards the end. I had a story here from. Uh, there's a new TV show out, Milf Manor on Ooh. TLC. All right. So this this is a, a situation where we need some assistance. We need this is a group project. We're going to need some help, so uh, turn up the the volume on your car. Turn it up in your headphones as you're listening. We're going to need some assistance here. The Twitchers, we're going to need your help as well watching the show on ESPN 1000 Chicago on Twitch. I'll
1: help you if you're listening on a listening device at home. Alexa, turn it up. Turn it up,
0: ESPN One Thousand Play, ESPN One Thousand. Yeah. I'll so so do this that is, first. this is what we uh, <laughs> we need some assistance here because last night we had this story and mm-hmm. we thought it was pretty funny. I thought I thought the segment went well. That was a nice segment. If I could give us some credit, I thought things went okay. Uh, you know, it was short.
1: Oh yeah, and look, as soon as I saw the the Milf Manor, I'm a huge Thirty Rock fan. I was like, listen, Milf <laughs> Island, we gotta we gotta talk about this. I love, I, first and foremost, I love trashy reality shows like this, and you know this. Of course. As a, as a member of Bachelor Nation that I am, I, this I, was right up my alley. I was making Bravo references
0: earlier. There you go. Uh, so, so here's the thing. Like, I get that we're all, quote, fishing in the same pond, but sometimes <laughs> when you catch the fish... The way you serve it oh my God. to your to your uh, family or or at a restaurant may be different, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we need some assistance here. We need you to listen closely. Let's go back in time. Last night, this is Black and Abdallah. This is us. Last night, talking about Milf Manor. TLC has a new show. Uh, they released the trailer for it today. Hmm. Uh, the name of the show is Milf Manor. <laughs>
2: Life has
1: given me some curveball. I think it's my time to find love. I was married for 14 years. I want to get a chance to do me a little. Young men have much more energy. They think out of the box. I want that. (laughs) Especially in the bedroom. (laughs) I am in this amazing, beautiful mansion here in Mexico. This is a perfect place to find love. Welcome to the villa. You're about to embark on a dating experience like none other. Oh. Let's go. I have an extremely high libido. I is that too extreme. much saying I have an <laughs> extremely high libido? Should I just have said a high libido? Uh, uh, ladies, yeah. where's all the
0: men at?
1: I'm ready
2: to connect with somebody who doesn't really care how old I am.
1: I'm just looking to have fun. My girls are
2: with me Let's me it. What the hell? It just got real. Turn it up
0: now. The new show on TLC, it's called Milf Manor. Eight hot moms leave home for a chance to find love with men half their age. Hmm. But they're greeted with a shocking twist. The new series premieres January 15th, ten nine central on TLC. Could the question sound- I have for you, Abdallah, is what... Is
1: this shocking twist? Well, first of all, if a soundbite could smell like vodka <laughs> and cigarettes, anyway, I have an extremely high libido. Should I not say high libido? I have an extremely high libido. Uh, younger men, they've got stamina. They think outside my box. The box. Excuse me. Sorry. The box. <laughs> what, what do you so in the trailer
0: uh, at the very end when you heard the the trailer go quiet and then they're all shocked? Yeah, uh, they show the men but behind a screen and then the screen is lifted. Yeah, and they can see it. Yeah, what do you think the shocking twist is? So the we, we know the that there are the,
1: cougars on the prowl yeah. and the men are half. Well, 30s. we're gonna have to get Chauncey's take on this. Yes. Um, the, uh, <laughs> the 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 twist going <laughs> around the internet is that. It's going to be their sons. Oh, And then no. they will have to date each other's sons. N- oh, no. Which is... So the sons are going to be there trying to date
0: the moms. And yeah. the moms are going to be there trying to date the sons. And hopefully not crossing streams. Okay, so that was last night. That was our show last night at yeah. the end of the yeah. show. We get it. No one's listening at the end of the show. We get it. Eh. Maybe it's... Maybe it's... Uh, you could say, yeah, let's just... So here's the shot or no shot question. This is what we need your help with. Shot or no shot. Shot or no shot. Did Cap and J-Hood lift our segment from last night? I want you to listen closely. I clipped two minutes and 40 seconds of us talking about that topic last night. Yeah. And I have now clipped two minutes and 40 seconds of Cap and J-Hood from this morning. Exactly. Okay, so I need your assistance here. The question on the table: Did they lift our segment from last night? Here's Cap and Jay Hood this morning. All right,
1: boys. TLC, which once stood for the Learning Channel, but now focuses more on reality programming, is debuting a brand new show straight out of Thirty Rock called Milf Manor. Oh, lock me in. Life has given me some curveballs. I think it's my time to find love. I was married for 14 years. I want to get a chance to do me a little. Young men have much more energy. They think out of the box. I want that. Especially in the bedroom. <laughs> I am in this amazing, beautiful mansion here in Mexico. This is a perfect place to find
2: love. Welcome to the villa. You're about to embark on a dating experience like none
1: other. Let's go! I have an extremely high libido. Is that too much saying I have an extremely high libido? Should I just have said a high libido? Uh,
2: ladies, where's all the men at? I'm ready to connect with somebody who doesn't really care how old I am. I'm
1: just looking to have fun.
2: Here we go. What the hell? So they, it
1: just got real they teased a big twist at the end there that shocked everybody they showed only the lower body of all the men who will be competing to end up with these uh, moms these milfs at the end of the show shot or no shot the big twist teased at the end the male contestants are their sons
3: ha, 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 ha. That, that would be great actually that would be a great twist I'm gonna say you're close, snorling. The twist is that one of the guys is one of the lady's sons. I just think that'd be awesome. Now, one of those milfs, by the way, I mean she might have a high libido. libido. She also no, has a, extremely high, extremely high libido she also has extremely high penchant to smoke cigarettes. My God, you hear? her? I have a very extremely high libido. <laughs> oh, I I love I love a sexy man. Get out of here, Grandma. God almighty. Your uh, voice can't be more gravelly than mine. We'll be inseparable.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> they should have done this like The Bachelor, it's just Zach Wilson. And then all the Bills. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, I, I don't obviously I've not seen the trailer, we just heard it just there, but I've seen it. But whoever is talking like that, I mean She's so, actually attractive too. But not with that voice. Sorry. Right.
0: There you go. Cap and J. Hood this morning. <laughs> And Cap thinks the the orange looking woman with the smoke voice is attractive. Did you
1: hear him in the beginning of the bite yeah. say "lock me in, lock
0: me in, MILFs. lock me in"? Uh, that that was our segment last night. Same thing. It was almost word for word, joke for joke, taken. Now you know from that last this, night this is re- from last night. Our segment last
1: night was played first. Their segment today played just after the, almost the same exact jokes. Now here is the thing, though. Now. This has happened recently. Do you know about this? Do you know about this theory? This, the, 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 in the news? No. Do you know this happened in the news, right? Oh, it happened with James Corden. Yes. And Ricky and Ricky Gervais. Right. And he took a joke. Now, now the interview with Ricky Gervais afterwards. Now, James Corden told a joke on the whatever his show is called. The Late Show, Late Late Show, whatever it's called. And told a joke that was verbatim, yes. word for word, yes, something from a Ricky Gervais special. And Gervais did an interview and said, now look, we all know. Corden doesn't write his own jokes it could have been a writer who saw this and subconsciously <laughs> did this but it was word for word now gervais was the bigger man and said i obviously don't have any ill will towards uh james Corden, but the writers you know the writers saying
0: uh, producers,
1: writers, just say the producers producers. i mean we are all of
0: us producers send out emails to the rest of the staff so you know what the other shows had on their
1: show oh yeah i mean i can look at our yeah. rundown yeah i can like, look at our like rundown it clearly said let's what see. we talked about let's last let's see night. let's go back to our rundown last night all right let's go to the bleckin of doll folder no. in my email hold on twelve fourteen from tyler aki and it says 750 tlc released a trailer for its new show milf manor I'd say this. I, I
0: think the jokes are good, and I thought the conversation was nice. Oh, uh, all, yeah. And you can use it. Just say, "Hey, Black and Abdallah said this last night." There was an original joke with the Zach Wilson joke. Yeah, that was nice. That was good. Yeah, the the, the rest of it sounded exactly like our show last night. Yeah.
1: What time's our
2: meeting tomorrow?
0: <laughs> I I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah. The Fat Jack's coming up
3: next. You're listening to Black and Abdallah.
2: ESPN One Thousand
3: Chicago's home for sports. It's Black and Abdallah. Follow us on the ground at Black and Abdallah. And at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000.
0: You see the notification we got? Notification? Yeah, we have a meeting scheduled for 1030 tomorrow morning.
1: I don't want to get here at 10.30. <laughs> I'm
0: kidding. I'm kidding. Black and Abdal Weeknight weeknights 6-8 right edgy, here on ESPN bucket. 1000. Edgy Bucket. Edgy Bucket. Edgy
1: Bucket. <laughs> if
0: you want to join the show, help us out. Crowdsource this. Did Cap and Hood steal our segment from last night? You can call us at 312-332-3776. You know,
1: you know what it's going to be, right? It's like I heard today. They're going to win seven or eight games. Well, they didn't. So take that. Like, that's what he, that's, it's the, it's the veiled, oh, they're stealing my bid again. Take that. That's what he'll do.
0: Like I said, Abdallah has a meeting at 10.30 tomorrow morning after Cap'n <laughs> Hood get off the air. He will meet with Cap'n Hood know, The meeting would be discuss. with them. It wouldn't be with them. <laughs> It'd be a separate meeting. <laughs> Let's preview the gambling weekend with
3: the Fat Jack. Money talk, talk. Here comes the money. Ready to fatten up your winnings? You got something to eat up in there? We home. Money, money, money. The best football picks. Give Jack a call at 800-298-1383 or fatjacksports.com. Fat Jack feeds you his picks now. Get in my belly. On Black and dollar. Here comes the money.
0: Each week we talk with the Fat Jack. Go to his website, fatjacksports.com. Sign up Now. And we talked to Jack before the football weekend each and every Thursday right here on Black and Abdallah. Jack, how about this? Week 15 in the NFL. And tonight, I think this is going to be a pretty interesting game. 49ers and Seahawks to kick off the week.
2: Yeah, you know, peak we're coming off a great weekend. We won last Sunday. We won Monday night. We had the under Monday night. We won basketball last night. So everybody's into profit and ready for a big weekend. And yeah, the, the Thursday's kind of been the primer uh, and how it goes, you know, matters to people. I think this will be an interesting game. The, uh, you know, Pete Carroll's really good on Thursday nights. I mean, he hasn't done it recently, but over his career, he's something like 10-2 against the spread. So he typically gets this team ready. And I think you're getting a little value with Seattle as well with how well Brock Purdy played. I could not have been more wrong about my projection of how Brock Purdy was going to play last week than I was. So maybe I'm just not buying into what Purdy is. I do think he progresses back to the mean a little bit, plays a little more like a guy that uh, threw the ball to the other team consistently at Iowa State. So I do believe some value with Seattle because of what happened last with both those teams and the fact that San Francisco is is getting primed and ready for a deep run in the playoffs with a quarterback that's not the same as the rest of his team. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a good one to watch for sure and even, even better one to make some money on. I like Seattle.
1: Uh, let's turn our attention to the bears. They are a nine point Ooh. underdog to the Eagles, but Jack, the last time the bears had extended time to prepare for a game, they came out and they beat the Patriots outright. Do the bears have a little bit of magic after the buy against this Philadelphia Eagles team?
2: Just gotta find some crumbs, right? I mean, hey, listen, we're grabbing straws here, man. (laughs) You know how it is. Where can we find some reason to be optimistic about the Bears? (laughs) Well, they don't have to stay at a hotel at Friday night, so yeah, maybe that's a good. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, this is definitely teams that are going in different directions. But the the Bears have been giving up points and scoring points. So, no matter how well they prepare or don't prepare, I think there will be points in this game. And I would go over the forty eight and a half. They have consistently. Uh, cash the over, uh, and five five of the last five games have gone over. So, even with injuries and even with all the things you say, well, but uh, they still have figured out a way to get totals over. So, I'd go over the total. The uh, few of these games that have double digits or close to double digit favorites, I think it's probably a good idea to be a little bit careful. This time of year, the general public, and there's a ton of new money, as you guys know, in the market, guys gambling for the first time. There's no way, unless they live in Chicago and just bleed the Bears. They're going to play Chicago. They're going to play Houston. Uh, There's just no way to do that. So there's going to be value with some of these underdogs. Uh, Translation, the game probably should be seven and a half or eight, but it's nine because the general public doesn't know how to factor in a line. So you're getting a little value there. I like that more than I do. Hey, they've got a couple extra days to kick it around a little bit. I think they're going to show up and play well. I would definitely play Chicago plus the points, but for different reasons.
0: With the uh, regular season for college football being over with, uh, this weekend on Saturday is the first Saturday of the year in the NFL where we have three NFL games. And the first one will be at noon on Saturday. The Colts are on the road against the Vikings. And, Jackie, it was a hotly uh, talked about topic last week with the Vikings and the Lions and are the Vikings for real. The the Vikings showed us who we thought they were against a, a pretty decent Lions team last week on the road but is this Vikings team still able uh, to cover against bad teams? Because I think this is another interesting spot because I'm seeing a lower number around four for the Vikings at home against Indianapolis.
2: Yeah. Last week was the pros versus Joe's. My clients, all the pros were on Detroit, including myself and my client and every average better who wanted to try to make money like Minnesota because of how well they played in one score games. And we saw where that ended up. All the pro side Jacksonville to cover, too. We were all basically the same teams last week. Um, this is going to be a, one of those games I think that you're, you're, even though the value's gone, if you like playing against Minnesota, India's been one of those stubborn teams that figures out a way to cover more times than not. They're 5 and 1 against the spread, their last six in the series as well. So I like Indy plus the points here. Not because I think Minnesota's falling off the you know, the map. I just think this is not a great matchup for them. And uh, I don't think they're going to run away offensively and hide. They like to stay ahead of the chains, run play action. That plays into what Indy wants to do also. They don't want to take a lot of chances. They're not great at quarterback, but they do get it done a lot of other facets of the game. Too many points there. Yeah, take Indy plus the points.
1: Our second game on Saturday, the Ravens, the Lamar Jacksonless Ravens, are taking on the Browns. And what we've seen from Deshaun Watson so far is that he's a little rusty, or maybe he's just kind of lost it after the year off, year and change off. And they, he just really hasn't been a factor. But the Browns, a two and a half point favorite at home against the Lamar Jacksonless Ravens, is this a good spot to back the Ravens? Because it seems like a lot of people are jumping on the Browns now that Lamar Jackson is going to be out.
2: I don't know why I don't just go through every. I know the games you're going to hit on just based on that you 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 love these stupid awful gay... Oh, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Let's talk about them against the Bengals it's and somebody afternoon. that likes. I mean, you, what else you am I doing on a Saturday? Saturday. Yeah, it's come all on. we do is we watch football. You know, you it. know we're. I know we're going to New Orleans, Atlanta. Next. <laughs> well, here's the thing, Jack.
1: Listen, everybody wants to be a part of the big matchup. Everybody wants to be like, oh, Bills and Dolphins. So that's the games everybody's gambling on. We want to find people that diamond easy. in the rough.
2: Yeah, we want to You're find exactly the good right. ones. You guys are next level gamblers, is what is. next level the watchers, next level. The game. leave the leave the marquee matchups for the suckers. We're going to go dig deep into a Lamarless Jackson Baltimore against <laughs> Cleveland that couldn't score on the three of us. Yeah, Baltimore seven one against the spread. Their last eight in the series when they go play at Cleveland, they've really played well there over time. And that does start at the top. Harbaugh does a good job of game planning for Cleveland. Um, I think this is one of those games that there's more points than you. Th- there's value based on the fact Jackson is out and how bad Cleveland's been recently at quarterback. But if they just get confident play, this is a team that about three weeks ago led the league in overs. They were giving up points and scoring points at a very high rate, nine and three through 12 games. They were over the total. I think we're going to see more of a semblance of that, and we're gonna, Baltimore's going to have to open it up. Think um, Denver and Kansas City, that type of thing, where it gets out of hand a little bit. They have to open it up, and the game is, gets, ends up going over, even though you're not exactly sure how. I go over the total. Uh, four of the last six Cleveland games at home have gone over. And if you made me play it, I would lean toward Cleveland because I do think they have a better opportunity to take the ball away with their defense to create some short field. So Cleveland in the over
0: With, with Buff, Buffalo and Miami, is this a, a Joe's versus Pro's situation? Or is this game what we see it as? Where uh, the last couple of weeks Miami has struggled. And now that they're facing off of a, against a team in Buffalo that most people suggested could get to the Super Bowl, this one's kind of the obvious, like, Buffalo's going to win this game, and they'll probably win it with ease. Is that the right play, or is it a situation where uh, maybe as a Joe, you're, you're you're wrong in this situation?
2: Yeah, the pros really aren't on this game. I'm surprised by that because you are getting some reasons to play. Miami. But First of all, who do they piss off at the scheduling office? <laughs> right. I mean, this is a team that played two out west, then they go home for a couple of days. Now they got to go to Buffalo and play five feet of snow against the Bills, by the way. So, not not an easy road for them to be uh, relevant, but how bad they played especially offensively last week creates some value with them. And when you combine that with the fact that Buffalo has been, and people don't realize that they have been an under machine. This team does not go over very much. Their offense has not scored a bunch of points. When they play some better offenses, that is a little bit of a, a tricky spot for them because they're not equipped right now, at least, especially in the snow, to have to score a bunch of points. At least they haven't been. You'd think they would with their, their weapons and with their quarterback. you feel like this team would go over, but they don't. Um, now, this series does typically go over at Buffalo, six to the last seven, when these two teams play each other. Uh, and Miami road games typically go over as well. But that is, that is a benefit to Miami because they're going to be the ones putting this thing over the total if it goes over. And over a touchdown is all based on how bad Miami looked last week. Their second week on the West Coast. I like Miami here. I think there's some value, but it's not really a pro play. It's just the right side if you're going to bet. All
1: right, Jack, Panthers and Steelers. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> exactly. one's even, that one's even too bad for me, I think. Uh, Cowboys <laughs> and Jaguars, though, is interesting because the Jaguars have been kind of coming into their own. They've been hot. Yeah, they've been playing really well. Uh, they're a four-and-a-half-point home dog right now. Is it because that there's a key above the key number of three? We get four-and-a-half here with Jacksonville. Is this a good spot to take the Jaguars? Against the hot Cowboys?
2: It really is, although I'll tell you, I wish the Cowboys had taken care of business last week. It would have been a better play. You would have probably got even more points, five, six points, if they had, had just barely not squeaked it out against Houston, mm-hmm. because I think people realize that a that, uh, Prescott will throw some interceptions. He's, he's well at the top of the league and giving the ball to the other team. You can't do that against good teams. The, the Sharps have been on Jacksonville for about two years now, and they've lost a ton of money thinking they are something that they're not. But this is a good spot. Last week was a good spot at Jacksonville, and this is another one, uh, simply based on two teams that are kind of playing at a different level right now, Uh, even though Dallas got it done last week. There's some value there. Underdogs outperform favorites every week just about right now in the NFL I think that probably continues this weekend, and this will be one of those post-child games where Dallas gets the money. or Excuse me, Dallas gets the win, but not the money.
0: Big-picture question with the Cincinnati Bengals. Last year, they ended the season red hot, and they were covering a ton of games towards the end. They're not obviously making it to the Super Bowl. They started this year off slow, and now they've won five in a row, and I think they're one of the best teams in the AFC. If you're looking at futures, is there any value there in following the Bengals here to get to the Super Bowl again?
2: It depends on who you ask. I mean, it almost looks too easy. Things don't typically do that, where last year something happens. This is not horse racing. You have closers and you have front runners. I mean, it's just typically not that easy. But this Cincinnati it is looking a little like Groundhog Day with these these Bengals. They are playing well. They beat Kansas City, which will be the big test coming up if they get to the playoffs. And they seem to have Kansas City's numbers. So it's not the worst play in the world. I would say this. I, you, if you're going to bet it, bet it after this week. I'm not sure they win this week, and I'm not sure they cover this week, but I don't know that that will have a ton to do with how they would do in some key matchups in the playoffs. It's a tougher spot where I think, again, a lot of the general public's on the favor here. Uh, Cincinnati 5-0 and o against the spread their last five games, um, but Tampa's covered five a row in the series. And what Cincinnati's been over the last couple of years is a team that plays and covers really well against some teams and doesn't play and cover against other teams I don't know how people are walking up and playing Tom Brady in that offense right now, but that's the right side of this game. So I would probably wait till after this week because you're getting better numbers if they lose this week than if they win, and I think there's a good chance this game's at least close. So I'd play Tampa Bay, and then I'd wait another five or six days to uh, play a futures bet on Tennessee if you're going to.
1: Uh, the Titans and the Chargers is that other afternoon game in the NFL on Sunday, and we're looking at a Titans team that lost to the Jaguars that we just talked about last week and a, a Chargers team that looked decent, but Herbert's been struggling a little bit as of late but can still prove that he's a, a higher-end quarterback. How do you see this one on Sunday afternoon?
2: Yeah, you're never getting... Uh, Tennessee gets zero respect, by the way. I mean, just they cover so much because nobody wants to play them. There's nothing sexy about them other than they just continue to cover. They've covered eight of their last 11 games. They've covered five of their last six on the road. Their makeup of that team is made for December and January football. And so I think that happens here, too. You're not going to get a great home field advantage in L.A., and I, even though the weather won't be a factor, I think Tennessee's going to run it at will here again and that's why this number is so low. I think people look at what happened last week with the Chargers. They're like, well, they're back. They're doing the right thing. That's going to that's gonna absolutely be the spot that Tennessee's in most every single game this time of year where they, in fact, end up covering more times than not. So I would take Tennessee plus the points there.
0: The Broncos this season have been so disappointing, especially offensively. They have one of the lowest-scoring offenses in the league and one of the lowest-scoring offenses we've seen in in a couple of decades. Is there something we missed with Russell Wilson, the Broncos, in the offseason? Because, you know, if you didn't have them as a Super Bowl favorite, people had them as a playoff team, if not at least a team that was going to be around five hundred. Jack, this team has been so disappointing this season.
2: Yeah, we didn't pay attention to what he was last year at Seattle. We felt like it was a system, and they had a bunch of injuries. But but he was missing Metcalf last year. He's just doing the same thing this year he did last year. It's just a little bit colder and a higher elevation, and so uh, that's what people were not wanting to admit. They felt like that you know toward, toward the end of the year, even the last couple of months last year in Seattle that that was more about the system and things going on with the program. But reality is what we're seeing is it was more Russell West or Russell Wilson. Uh, this dude, he has been the easiest money all year. They're under 11 of their last 13. You know how much money I've made? <laughs> I literally could buy a new Tesla with how much money they, right. <laughs> I've made betting under the total That's with awesome. this team. They absolutely go under every week. and The only reason they didn't go under last week, and I didn't bet them last week, but because Kansas City of all things, goes over the total when they play good defenses. They've gone over twice with Denver. They've gone over with Kansas City. Uh, When they play good defenses, they go over the total because they open up their offense. And so I, I was weary of that. But this Denver team, it is absolutely as sure as the sun coming up. They have a good to great defense. If they aren't being blown out where they have to open up the offense, they're going to play it conservative because Wilson will throw it to the other team if you let him, and this team continues to go under. As I said, 11 of the last 13, play under again. I said this about three weeks ago. If you play under, under in Denver and really under in Indy, but definitely under in Indy for the rest of the year, you're absolutely going to make money. This is one of those spots. They're not going to score a bunch of points again, go under the total with the Denver team. Jack, bowl season is
1: upon us. It starts tomorrow morning at 10.30 a.m. is your first bowl game. Anything you've got your eye on in this first weekend of bowl games?
2: Yeah, when you sign up, you get a predicted final score on every bowl game. It's my bowl analysis sheet. All you got to do is sign up through the championship game. People should absolutely get that Uh, because most people are are doing this. They're going, Troy, do they even have a football team? (laughs) Who's UTSA? They're the what? Where are they from? That sounds like Tennessee, Southern, Alabama, or something. People don't know anything about these teams. This is why I am in this business because this is what I'm doing with all my time. But to answer your question, these opening weekend, look for Florida to give Oregon State more of a battle. Napier 17 and three against the spread as an underdog. His last 20, he absolutely plays well uh, in as an underdog role. The other key things to remember in in some of these coaches play well in the bowl. So and go. Oklahoma State's covered six in a row. Um, Dana Holgerson has gotten killed. He's 2-7 and seven against the spread. His last nine, losing by an average of 14 points. The Armed Forces Service Academies, they always play well, 13-3 against the spread in bowl games. So there's some general stuff that you can take. 36% of underdogs won straight up in bowl games since 2018. Think about that, guys. Almost 4 out of 10 underdogs winning straight up since 2018, so don't be afraid to moneyline some of these games. So you've got to know what you're looking at. It's not about talent. It's about motivation and who's actually going to play. If you want that, go to FatJackSports.com. I'll get you on the right side.
0: Besides that, Jack, what else will someone receive? If they go to your website, FatJackSports.com, and they sign up tonight, what will they receive? Yeah,
2: you know, the only guaranteed package I have that's a month all year, I guarantee you'll make money with my bowl. When you sign up through the championship game, you're going to win – with my bowls if you don't i give you the football all through the super bowl for free so all the playoffs everything after the national championship game you get free if you sign up for the combo we won again last night basketball you sign for that combo between now and the ncaa football championship i guarantee you'll win if you don't you're going to get football and basketball for free for basically a little over a month so great time to go to fatjacksports.com Get signed up today. Get winning selections. Text to your cell phone or email team.
0: Thank you, Jack. We'll talk to you again next Thursday, right here on ESPN right. 1000.
2: Happy holidays, guys. See you
3: soon. You to Black and on ESPN 1000 Chicago's Horse for Sports. sports.